Welcome to Join Java, Biblical Conversations to Fuel Your Soul. This is Brian Donahue, and I'm with Kristen All. Once again, we're two pastors with Pursuit Friends Church, but we love talking about the Bible, and we love fellowshipping. We love talking about Jesus. And today, boy, are we going to talk about Jesus, Kristen. Yeah, it's it's an exciting uh, week as we've come to the the final um, couple of chapters here of John and the, the pinnacle of this whole story. So that's pretty exciting. Believe it. I yeah, believe I know. We're almost done with John. We're I know. With John. And is... we're so we'll just go on to more John. Right. We're gonna... <laughs> John, that's great. Great segue. Thank you. Thank to you. To say you. <laughs> the next place we're going is the first, second, and third books of John later on in the New Testament here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're just going to kind of continue. But I tell you what, I am so proud of us as a church family, Kristen, just for sticking it through this whole book. It's not that John is a super long mm. book in the Bible by any stretch of the imagination. You could probably read the whole thing in half an hour if you took your time. But... There's so much here to unpack and to yeah. really take our time focusing on and going back and forth and kind of chewing up a little bit, you know, in our minds and just yeah. really focusing on it's It's been so good. And I'm so pleased that we have come to the end um, of this in, in that we're, we will have gone all the way through it without giving up, without saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's leading us over here. <laughs> and not that that's a bad thing by any yeah. means, but just it's it feels good that we have put in the work and the effort. And everybody at, at Whitmer House Church, Kristen, is also pleased. And, and this has just been so worth it. Yeah. You know, one of the um, really cool perspectives that um, – that it's just kind of come to light for me this time going through John is um, thinking about the unique voice that John, the author had mm -hmm. to the gospel story and, and thinking through why did he pick these things and not mm -hmm. these things? Why did he include this detail and not that one? You know, right. what, what point is he trying to make? Um, that has really been a, a fascinating um, way to study this. It, it's been really cool. I, I've enjoyed that. Yeah, and, and there's, you know, we're going to see it in the final chapters here. I don't, uh, we will see it kind of here, but I, I love the touch that John puts in this. And I've touched on this before, but he calls himself the one that Jesus loved. Um, and uh, especially the last two chapters, there's a couple things he says that, that I think are just fantastic and a little bit humorous. Um, but we do, I, I want to say, as reading this this week, we do, there are a lot of scholars who believe John was the last book written uh, uh, of the Gospels mm -hmm. and uh, that he kind of waited a little bit and yeah. um, came at it from an intentionally different, a little bit differently than mm -hmm. uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, or Luke. And uh, I find that fascinating and interesting that he really took his time and said, here, what do I need to point out here? And of course, he's led by the Holy Spirit the whole way we believe that as as Christians. But right. um, the whole point we're going to see in chapter 20 or 21 is proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. And that's huge. 
that's yeah. huge. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, should we jump right in? I mean, uh, we feel like we're already heading that way. So yeah, we did. We didn't do any. How you doing? How's your week doing? We didn't. And we didn't. I, I, and I think that's okay, except to say you guys just got back from a cruise. So maybe oh my we gosh. should. I mean, we come just on. had the best week, and we oh man, Joe and I um, went on a cruise, uh, kind of for Christmas, kind of our anniversary that's coming up in March. Um, we uh, had went on our first cruise. That was the same itinerary about 12 years ago for mm -hmm. our 20th wedding anniversary. So um, this went out of New Orleans and went to Cozumel and Costa Maya and Roatan and Belize. And uh, we had perfect weather. Um, just just a great, great time away and a lot I of sunshine. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding, folks. Don't Calm down, player, everybody. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy for the alls. Yeah, um, no, it was it was a really a really amazing week. So um, lots fantastic. of good stories, and yeah, one of the best moments I have to say is um, yeah. we were walking around the back of the ship after dark, and we were standing right looking out uh, onto the ocean, watching the the um, ocean all churned up behind the uh, engines, and all of a sudden Joe goes, "Look over there." And there was a whole school of dolphins playing in the surf behind the oh, boat cool. as it went across. It was so cool to see them. Like, they were just playing in the waves. And they, you know, dip down and then jump out and dip again. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was really amazing. So that was a gift. Love me yeah. some dolphins. Me too. Yeah. Me too. When They're my spirit it, animal. When it comes to football, though, I don't know about <laughs> that's that. That's not but... biblical. That's not biblical. That's just, that's just for fun. Just, just Once for fun. again, everybody calm down. Okay. She was just. Yeah. I didn't mean I hate you guys. She didn't mean they're my spirit Okay. okay maybe a little. When it, I, loved, anyway, I love yeah. me some dolphins, but when it comes to football, I love me some colts. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Just so everybody <laughs> understands. We didn't see any colts. Uh, I'm not surprised, but yes, yeah. Alas, here we go. Let's let's. Uh, this this is. Um, I was gonna make a joke about let's get back into real life, but this is good life. This is Jesus's new life, and yeah. um, we don't have new life without the crucifixion of Jesus. As hard as that is, and when we really stop as Christians to think and consider this, it's really hard. It's really hard that that our sin put him on the cross, that he had to do this in order to save our souls, in order to free us from sin, in order to restore all things back unto himself. He had mm -hmm. to pay this price. Um, mm -hmm. And it's so humbling. But I think, you know, we certainly need to approach this chapter with, with a great deal of reverence and awe and thankfulness and humility. Um, but at the same time, we can rejoice in the Lord in, in that he loved us so much that he was willing to do this for us. So it's kind of in that spirit, that heart, I want to approach this today. Um, and right out, I don't think, Kristen, we should read this verse for verse today. Um, we'll certainly be quoting different verses, though, probably as we're talking through this. Um, but chapter 19, uh, Jesus is in chapter 18. We see Jesus arrested. We see Peter's denial the three times and the crow does its thing. 
the high priest, the rooster. The rooster, sorry, the crow. That's all right. Oh my goodness, the rooster crows. No, that doesn't make sense either. It it, it is a bird. It's a bird. Yeah, it's a bird. It's a bird. It's a, it's a plane. No, no, no. It's Jesus. No. Um. So so. Uh. Anyways, uh, old charismatic joke there. Uh, high priest questions Jesus illegally. We might add. We kind of covered this. We see Peter's. Uh, denials and we see Jesus is brought before Pilate who is trying his hardest to let Jesus off the hook here he's really working hard and there's yeah. a struggle yeah. and and here here Pilate finally relents in a way in the very first verse of chapter 19 says then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged and our understanding of that is that this was a brutal thing. This was not just a few whips in the back. This was prolonged torture. Agonizing. Um, we know that probably he had, his flesh was torn apart. He probably had, uh, some people say he probably had ribs showing out from this. I mean, it was this, this gory beating. In Pilate thought, this is good enough. Surely, surely, they will let him go now. Mm. Or, or not want, you know, like he's, mm. Pilate did not want to kill Jesus. Yeah. And so they, so we have to understand Jesus's torture and pain started way before the cross. Like it's not just on the cross, it's before the stuff he had to endure, the humiliation of them put, put thrusting a crown of, big thorns you know we're not just talking rose bush thorns here folks big thorns down into a skull further agony and pain um you know being having even the robe thrown across him was probably painful um as that robe and material brushed against all the cuts and bruises and you know just open wounds and um, you know, the beating, the mockery, hail king of the Jews, slapping in the face, which hurts enough. You ever been slapped in the face, Kristen? I don't think so. Really? I, I don't believe, I don't know if you Who can. Who would slap me? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who slapped you, Brian? That's what I Well, let me count here. Um... <laughs> Me and my me now now I you know we don't want to make light of this but I honestly since you asked me and a couple of my friends occasionally would as uh, as our greeting to each other and this was always at church this was always in a you know a, a course, very spiritual yeah. atmosphere we'd walk up to each other and say hey how you doing and and like really slap each other slap him in the face. And then to see the reaction was the funny thing. And was it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was <laughs> because sometimes it was pure laughter and adoration and like, you love me, you really love me. And sometimes it was, you know, one you start taking off running while they chase you to try to get you back. But um, but anyways, uh, slapping in the face. This is this is one thing that's interesting to kind of bring this, sanctify this a little bit here is. Um, Slap, being slapped in the face is a complete sign of disrespect in just about any culture I'm aware of. Yeah. Like it is this, this was not just 
to beat him or this this was hail king of the jews whatever you know it is this is um humiliation um in what have you so yeah yeah it's really interesting um for me it really came out how john is really focusing in on um jesus as the king of the jews you know he never claims that but Pilate, um, in 18, you know, inadvertently speaks the truth, mm-hmm. right? And, Je- and Jesus' only response is that, like, no, that's not, that's not the way it would be. Like, you know, he, he just doesn't, he doesn't address it. But then they, um, they dress oh. him in the mockery of, you know, uh, of that royal robing. And um, like you said, it's, it's um, I don't know, it's, it's just something that I've been pondering a lot this forcing of the truth basically on him, but in a way that is mocked and is used derisively. It's, um, it's interesting. Mm. And and he brings them out again, brings Jesus out again and says, I find no charge basis for charge against him yet. I had him beaten. Yeah. You know, um, and he came out wearing the crown, the thorns, the purple robe, and here is the man. Interesting. And as soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. Yeah. Um, and Pilate even, again, Pilate kind of pleads here, Kristen. You yeah. take him and crucify him. Yeah. I find no basis of charge against him. And it says they insisted. We have a law. According to that law, he must die because he has claimed to be the son of God. And here, Pilate, again, he's even more afraid. Now, we know other from the other, some of the other Gospels, his wife has had a dream. And he's been influenced by that, too, that he doesn't want to kill this innocent man. Yeah. And just imagine, again, my grace, my being able to put my place, myself in Pilate's place is bigger than ever as a result of our study of John in recent weeks. Because before it was just kind of like, eh, you know, Pilate tried a little. He did that silly hand-washing thing. Hmm. But this man is struggling. He Hmm. is really trying not to do this. Mm -hmm. And even though his truth is different than Jesus' truth, he still is struggling against this. And the Jews just keep pressuring him. Well, and it's such a pressure cooker, right? Because Pilate is standing between the Jewish community and the Romans and trying, you know, he knows that he can't get in trouble with the Romans, um, but he also needs to maintain control of the Jews or he will be in trouble with the Romans. And so he is um, just sort of weighing uh, what his who, you know, where am I going to pay the most? What's the least yeah. painful? What's the most self-serving way that I could get out of this horrible predicament? And it's ironic that you see the Jewish leaders and Pilate team up because they are enemies of each other. Mm-hmm. And they end up being on the same side, colluding to um, judiciously murder Jesus. Yeah. And um, how, how, uh, Sobering is that, that the Jewish leaders are willing to ally, you know, ally with Pilate to get done what they want done because um, they know it's not it's not just either. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And they go. Uh, 
Pilate pulls Jesus back again, right, and says, "Who? Where are you from?" Jesus doesn't answer. Don't. And Pilate says, "Don't you realize I have power to free you or to crucify you?" And Jesus is like, "Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's the BTD version. Actually, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a reason. And you have the only power you have is what's given to you from above, and." Uh, so it says, from then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. So it seems like this is, you know, we see this stuff in the movies, and they make it this one quick little scene. You get the picture. This was almost, this seemed like an all-day affair. Like, this was yeah. a long, drawn-out thing yeah. where Pilate is really wrestling here. And the people are fighting against him. And the Jews say, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar, which speaks to what you just said. He's trying yep. to figure out what's the best way out of this. And he's charged with keeping the peace in Judea, too. Mm-hmm. So here's, right, he's exactly. got this crowd that's getting louder and louder and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and he says, anyone who claims to be a king, oppose-. these are the Pharisees saying, <laughs> anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. Yeah. Yep. So what? Yep. It just shows, I mean, you talk about injustice, feeling unjust, like injustice is being heaped upon you. Jesus is feeling this. He's feeling the weight of the people he came to save first, the Bible says, Mm -hmm. are now yelling and chanting, crucify him, crucify him. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, it's just shocking because they, they, the Jewish leaders, the Jewish people prayed every day for a Jewish Messiah to show up and save them from the oppression of the Romans. And then they say, we have no king but Caesar. I mean, the, the irony of that, the contradiction, <laughs> right? We'd rather let you kill this Jewish man <laughs> um, and pledge our allegiance to Caesar, our oppressor, than to you know, than to wrestle with his claims, um, it, it's quite shocking. And I, and I also um, just appreciate the way John has written this in particular. You see such a composed, in charge Jesus, like you pointed out. Yeah. The only thing he says through any of this is basically God's in charge. You know, he he is. You don't see a victim. Powerful. You don't yeah. see someone who is being forced into something that they don't want or in any way resisting. You see someone who, um, in spite of all of the provoking that they're trying to do to get a rise out of him, just staying the course. Like, no, I'm here to do mm-hmm. what I need to do, and you can't do. Yeah. You, know, you can't push me off that. So 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 powerful and so. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right, John took great care to craft this in such a way um, to show that, that again, Jesus is obeying the father. And by the way, you know, uh, let's remind ourselves of the nature of the Trinity. Yeah. Yeah. This is God himself. Right. Allowing himself to be crucified. Yeah. And, uh, so she hands him over to the soldiers finally, and the soldiers take charge of Jesus, it says. And, uh, you know, they force him to carry his cross in verse 17. Uh, they go to Golgotha. Um, they crucify him with two others, one on each side of him, Jesus in the middle. 
Um, and then this sign, it's, the sign is interesting because it says in verse 19, Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And it says in verse 20, many of the Jews read this sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. So this is a very public thing. Mm-hmm. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. Mm-hmm. In the, that's it's important. It's so many yeah. people can read it. Okay. And the chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. And we kind of went, did you guys have any discussion over that? That, um, that was a week when I wasn't there, so Never I don't know what the discussion so was. I'll, I'll tell you what our discussion was. <laughs> you tell me what your discussion was. <laughs> I have thoughts, but not discussions. <laughs> well, it was suggested in our group, and I forget by who now, but that um, we went back and forth about Pilate himself. Mm. And, you know, obviously everybody concurred that Pilate was struggling through this. He did not want to crucify Jesus. He did not believe Jesus was worthy of death. Yeah. And really flogged him just to try to appease the Jews. I mean, he didn't really even really want to do that. Yeah. He, he fought against even that for a while before he agreed, to, before he did that. And so where there was thought back and forth, was Pilate just taking that? This is obviously a peaceful man. Pilate would have known about Jesus, I would imagine, uh, to some extent, if Jesus has thousands of people following him around, mm. you know what I mean? He would have heard of the legend of Jesus, for crying out loud, at, at the very least, mm. if not having full knowledge of him, mm. and uh, which I think is the case. I think Pilate knew full well about Jesus, yeah. but we don't see any move from the Romans at any point in time in his ministry against Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Am, am I mistaken in that? I don't think I am. I don't I don't think the Rome we John, none of the disciples talk about the Romans coming against Jesus until this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Romans must not have found Jesus, you know, hey, he's he's just a he's a prolific teacher. And pretty soon it's going to die down. And yeah. he's teaching about love anyways. He's saying, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's for crying yeah. out loud. You know, and so in here we see the, the Jews pushing the Romans here finally. But I think what when it comes to Pilate, we kind of went back and forth. He struggled against this. But at the same time, I, did he really necessarily believe Jesus was the king of the Jews? Or is this kind of a little snarky even is this kind of like hey jews listen uh we in fact are your kings as romans mm. and you know here is your king and look he's powerless yeah you know is this a is this a sign of authority actually is this was this meant to be kind of snarky and you know not really true anyways Well, I wonder if he was getting back at the Jewish leaders who have pushed him into doing something he doesn't want to do. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'll do it, but I'm Mm going to mock you 
mm-hmm. by calling him the king that I know you don't want him to be called your king, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I, that's very interesting. I mean, yeah. that, I don't. That's total supposition on my part. Sa- same on our part too. With, yeah, with yeah. with the snarkiness of it, but yeah, we do know Pilate tried awfully hard, and and he is yes. a character we can have some level of compassion for he's stuck he's one of these stuck in the middle characters mm-hmm. of all time honestly yeah. I, I don't know if i can think in real life or fiction of <laughs> someone stuck more in the middle than pilot mm-hmm. um and so I, I i you know they he's crucified here um they take his clothes divided up which we know was prophesied about um and i love this okay this is i i just think this scene is beautiful in verse 25 near the cross of jesus stood his mother his mother's sister mary the wife of clopas and mary magdalene who we're going to see again excuse me in just a little no pardon me in just a little bit when jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, which of course we know is John, standing nearby, he said to her, woman, and again, this is a sign of deep respect. It was the same word he used when he said woman at the uh, wedding in Canaan. Chapter two, yeah. Yeah, so um, this is a sign of honor. Here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. So this beautiful scene of Jesus in agony, in despair, in great pain, not just physically, but spiritually, like we cannot fathom, emotionally, like we cannot fathom. He takes a moment to care for his mom, to make sure his mom, who was asked this great big thing, who was asked to be uncomfortable this great honor but in the end here he says i mean i don't know how else to say this and i mean this he's like i got you mom you know you're going to be taken care of and some scholars believe joseph could have passed by this time this is one reason why jesus focuses on this and in this moment that joseph could have passed away either recently or a few years. And so Jesus was saying, John is going to take care of your earthly needs. I just think that's beautiful. That's just. Yeah, I love that too, Brian. And um, one of the commentaries that I read just made such a great point, um, basically saying that here at um, the place and because of Jesus' death, there becomes bonds of a community, a spiritual bond, because he puts the two of them together as family, mm. who were not family, but are bonded together in faith in Jesus. And what a beautiful picture that is of those strong um, community that we form as believers with one another. And um, they were pointing out that that Jesus did have younger brothers. So it wasn't like there was no one to care for Mary. Yeah. The younger yeah. brothers would have picked that up. But um, but he puts these two together. And one aspect I had not thought about, you know, Mary is also the one who nurtured Jesus who wrote, you know, who grew the son of God from as a baby up through all those years, training him and guiding him. And um, at the uh, water into wine, you know, um, she 
initiates his first miracle, which really um, uh, nurtures the faith of the disciples because they get to see him do something that they had not experienced before. And so this commentator was talking about how not only is this great for Mary, yeah. but also probably great for John, because now Jesus has said, look, you know, you know how mothers are. I don't care if you're adopted or not. You're also going to mother the people you've adopted, right? Like, yes, they take care of you, but you mother them. You can't help yourself. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. have have mm -hmm. grace for these mothers. Because listen, once you get that going, you can't stop it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so, so she is also going to nurture and care for John. And yeah. um, I thought that was a beautiful insight that I, I had like that. not thought about. That's that really certainly must be true when you know, you know, what human relationships relationships are like so um that really spoke to me love that and you know I, I also in in that that is jesus is hanging here and again he's he's not just thinking about himself right you right know? It's, it says in verse i have to get it closer for uh because I'm going blind, I think, for reading. We were joking before. I had to up my Just normal my, aging. Just normal uh, aging. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. Welcome to the club. Uh, uh, in verse 28. There we go. That's mm -hmm. the right distance. Uh, later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, what, what, wait. What, what? wait. Can we put, can we put a we... pause on 28? I have more to say about the women. Oh, go for it then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. just going to mute my mic. I'm going to go take a little break. You go ahead. You, take you do not need to mute your mic. This is important. <laughs> so um, I just had two other things that I that stood out to me on this. Yeah, One is how much honor did John give these three women to name women who are not valued in this society by name as mm. people who were there at the cross? He mm. didn't just say there were, you know, Jesus's mother was there. And, and he, her friend it, and the cousin. Right. And, or even yeah. not mention those other women. Like, like he, I, I just really struck me, especially in light of this idea mm. of Jesus forming them into a new family. Like yeah. she's his adopted mother and he is showing her and the other women great honor by naming them specifically. And also talk about courage. The rest of the men disciples are gone. Yeah. They're hiding out Yep. They're confused, and I'm not throwing shade at them because I could very easily be them too. Right. But these women, these courageous powerhouse women, mm -hmm. are not leaving the cross, and, and they, they would are have with... been seen with Jesus regularly. These are women exactly that followed him all around. They would have been people would have recognized them. Right. It's it's truly courage. It's not just we love Jesus and I'm the mother of Jesus and I brought these other gals. This is true courage. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and the, you're right in, in saying that um, many people consider Mary Magdalene one of the disciples. Like, this is mm -hmm. a serious, these are not just, we're watching the show. These are people right. who are part of Jesus' core group. And they, are, unlike, you know, everyone except for the disciple Jesus loved, mm -hmm. have scattered. <laughs> and the four of them are noted as being here mm. to witness this and to um, even, you know, when people are suffering, as you get older, I think I've realized how much comfort there is in people just sitting with you in the midst of it. Like even when nothing can be changed, you, that, that's yeah. a ministry and they're, they're ministering to mm -hmm. Jesus 
just yeah. by not deserting him in this moment, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. So that I just think that has to be commented on because it's such a remarkable thing here. I mean, they're, they're crucifying him and they're associated with him and they're there anyway, mm. publicly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I you said something that sparked something in me and I had an emotional Mm. Uh, moment earlier today as I sat with Devin's grandfather, my children's great-grandfather. Mm. And he's in a rehab facility about to transition into another rehab facility with probably going into assisted living. And it's a good assisted living situation. Like, like there's still hope for thriving and all that stuff, you know, but yeah, um, sitting there with him, and I, I got to pray over him and he's had a major impact in my family's life. And he's mm. been a major part of our lives intentionally. Uh, and I got to pray over him and just say to him in a prayer that there was no other place I wanted to be today than right mm. by his side as he can't change the hard situation he's in where he's facing yeah, end of exactly. life things. Yeah. But that, it just, it was just, I, I, we were both crying and just, you know, thanking God for his goodness through this and mm. praying for peace. And mm. um, it is the honor these women and John showed Jesus here is remarkable. Yeah. Because they're putting it all in line. It, I wasn't really putting much on the line to go be with my grandfather i call him my grandfather now he's not my wife's grandfather he's my grandfather yeah yeah and um to know that that these gals and john just did this is really touching and it you know it's not just a part of the story they risked everything to be here and jesus um says ultimately it is finished Mm. with that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit and Kristen, you know what i've been reminded of recently about it is finished it is so often in our lives as christians we have this image of god as being kind of the bad cop and jesus the good cop Mm. that's just bad theology Amen. And because Jesus is God. God is Jesus, you know. Exact representation, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. And so I just, it is finished. It means your sins are forgiven. It is finished. What you did in your past, it is finished. Mm. The guilt, it, it is finished. This is the power of Jesus saying, it is finished. He wasn't just saying, I'm about to die, it's finished, I I get crucified. He is declaring an end to death, to Mm -hmm. sin, to the devil's reign. You know, I mean, I mean, and and, I mean, he is saying it is ultimately finished for good because of what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And we need to receive that as Christians and we need to live in the reality of it is finished mm-hmm. and uh, the freedom we can have the hope we can have the you know understanding how god loves us and uh 
the power we can have to live our lives in for God's glory because it yeah. is finished. Not because of what we do, but because it is finished. Jesus did it. Mm. Um, and that's that's just mm. been powerful for me lately. And then yeah, you see, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, I, I uh, just one other comment on that. It's just amazing to see how John has woven all these pieces together because all throughout John, uh, we've seen Jesus talk about, I'm here to finish the father's mm -hmm. work. I will leave nothing unfinished. You know, he's been, he's been repeating this phrase and right. we get to this moment where finally in like a cry of triumph, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus, like what I've been talking about this whole time, it's done. Right? right. And, and I also love the language is all very much again, King Jesus in charge of all of this. It's not that Jesus died. Jesus gives up his spirit, right? Mm -hmm. He is still on the throne in the midst of all of this. And I love that. Right. And then we see some other brave souls kind of step into the picture here, Kristen. Uh, as, as they day of preparation came um, and... They didn't want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath. Uh, so they asked Pilate to have the legs broken of the bodies broken. And basically that, that was something the Romans did when they wanted to hurry along death. Because the cross right. was meant to be an agonizing slow, you die when you die death. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people suffocated from the cross. Um, so, some bled out. Um, and it could be days in days uh, of hanging there and just dying when you die. And so sometimes yeah. they would hurry it along by breaking people's legs at the, so that they could no longer hold themselves up to breathe. So they yeah. would suffocate faster, you know, whatever. And mm -hmm. so this is what was being asked. Well, they come to Jesus and because there's prophecy about no bones being broken, he's already dead. They don't have to break his legs. They do pierce his side, which is prophecy, which is actually scientific even to make sure he's dead. Um, and uh, then we see Joseph of Arimathea um, uh, come and boldly ask Pilate for the body of Jesus. Okay. And it's, it's not that they didn't expect people to bury, bury him, I guess. But, I mean, who's going to do that but a Christ follower? Yeah. Right. Well, and this is interesting too because the uh, the commentary I was reading was talking about how if a criminal, even for the Jewish people, had been crucified, um, you would not bury that body. You would want it down off the cross, and then they might, you know, let it sit somewhere for like a year before it actually got buried. So this is really unusual. Uh, I've never heard that, that Joseph. Yeah, Joseph, who had of uh, Arimathea is very wealthy and very influential and only someone of that stature um, would be able to uh, come in and ask for the body to burial it to bury it so this is a very burial of status this is like a burial fit for the king you know you look at the amount of um, um, spices and and things that Nicodemus brings and the fact that he's in a fresh tomb those are all like symbols of great honor um, and so this is a king's burial this is not just uh, mm -hmm. not just the burial of a of a criminal so yeah wow yeah. yeah i i have never heard that before that's 
Yeah, and it also means, what, to your point that you were starting to make, Joseph of Arimathea has a lot to lose, right? Yeah. He, this is a prominent person who has curried favor and can move about the world and certainly would rather not run afoul of the powers that be. And so it's, thank you, Brian. I can see you smirking, you know, like, <laughs> but, um, you know, that that's a big deal. That's yeah. a big deal. He has a lot of reputation and a lot at risk. Um, but he is a disciple of Jesus, and he mm. wants to do this act of loving care and honor for the king, right? And, yeah. and making sure that he gets buried appropriately. Yeah. And I love the inclusion of Nicodemus, which is not in the other Gospels. What a, what a beautiful thing that John brings his narrative back here. Why didn't those other guys include Nicodemus? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't I know. but Jesus I do... loved this guy more. You know? But I love it because he leaves us hanging all this time. <laughs> like, did Nicodemus believe him? Did he not believe him? You can go back and read that story in um, the beginning of chapter yeah. three. And we had all these great discussions about where does Nicodemus land who came in mm -hmm. the night to find out who he was. And um, <laughs> here, you know, um, all of John has been all these stories of Jesus confronts them with his life, with his words, with his actions. What are they going to do with it? Some believe, some don't believe. Yeah. And Nicodemus has been hanging out there. And John brings him back at this moment. And Nicodemus <laughs> experiences his own spiritual rebirth through Jesus' death in this moment. Yeah. It's just a, uh, the, <laughs> the Lord just gifted John with as a master writer to bring that right. together into this moment. I just love this. Right. Yeah. You know, you said the word master writer, and I just, I am so, the Bible is one of the most wondrous works of mm. literature uh, in art, art in literature yeah. we have. I mean, and, and there are people who have said that for centuries and centuries, mm. whether they believe any of it, the spiritual content is true. Mm -hmm. And... Um, John is masterful, and of course, we we believe anointed of the Spirit, and you know all of those things. But uh, the good thing, the exciting thing here, is that on the third day we know what's coming. It might seem like Friday night tonight, wherever you are, but on Sunday, Jesus is going to rise again, and there may be weeping in the night. But in the morning, those tears mm. will turn to joy. And mm. uh, so we have that hope and, yeah. and that victory um, is tremendous. So I, I hope you're encouraged today by the word of God. Uh, not, I hope you're encouraged by what Chris and I have said, but it's the word of God. Amen. We're just, we're just, we just try to be vessels. We just try to be people that teach the word of God effectively and um, with humility. And we have fun doing it too, don't we, Kristen? We do indeed. I have fun doing it, yeah. and we have fun at our house churches, too, studying God's Word. <laughs> it is yeah. so true. It, it is amazing to me, Kristen, that the folks that are involved in our house churches just continue to want to dive deep into God's Word. Yeah. yeah. And that the discussion continues to go deeper, and we're asking questions, and we're open to those questions and to how the Holy Spirit teaches us as we study his word together. And I don't know about you, Christian, but I was this week, I happened to be sitting next to Stephanie Schnackel um, as we did our Bible study. And she had on her phone as she had, uh, she was looking up other stuff in 
compare, you know, he, she was looking up what scholars and commentaries were saying. Uh, and I, we have several people that do that. They're just on the radio with their phones. Yeah. If we have a question, we can't answer. Let's look up and see what some other people say, and then let's compare. And, uh, and it's so fun. It is so yeah, fun. And fun. to see people's eyes come, you know, to see people, wow, I never thought of it that way. And oftentimes, it's us who have been studying this for our whole lives. Mm. That God's word still is comes to life and still yeah. surprises us and enlightens us in that sense that, oh my gosh, this is new light shined on this. I never thought of it this way. And it's awesome. And it's amazing because it's God's word. And so... With that being said, we'd love to invite you to come to one of our amazing... <laughs> you can also be wowed and awed at God's Word. Uh, coming to one of our house churches, we have Whitmer House Church, which meets at 10 a.m. on Sundays, and then Deborah House Church, which meets at 6 p.m. on Sundays. Check out our Facebook uh, page for all the updates and information, um, and also check out... Uh, um, is that all we have? That's yeah, that's that's the best place. That's, always, that's the best. That's the best place. place. Yeah, yeah. You'd like to give. That's where I was going. If you'd like to give to Pursuit ah, Friends, we'd like to invite you to do that um, at pursuitfriends.org/give, and you can donate to the work that God is doing here as we grow a network of house churches and make disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples. That is actually happening, and it is so exciting and and so encouraging. We'd love to have you be a part of that. Until next time, uh, actually, actually, Kristen, I think I should say this. Our next podcast is going to be a special edition podcast where I'm launching a brand new, I launched a brand new um, podcast called the Brian Donahue Show this past Monday, um, which was the 23rd. And so on the 30th, 30th. Um, we'll be, we'll actually, I interviewed Kristen as a part of that podcast. So you're going to hear the Brian Donahue podcast interrupt join Java next week to kind of get a taste and flavor for what that podcast is going to be like. Um, and it's, it's Kristen and me talking just like normal. We're just, <laughs> we talk about, we talk about Jesus. We're talking about the Bible and stuff and what God is doing, but it's just, I ask some different questions and we get to learn a lot more about Kristen. And there were a couple things that surprised me. I, I had never heard before. So it's a fascinating Ooh. conversation. Check it out next week. Same place, same station, all that stuff. Until then, you guys be blessed. Walk in the courage and the joy of the Lord this week in all that you do in Jesus' name.